you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life, we understand how it is. Bagabaloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What's going on, everybody? Year four, episode 22. We've gotten through rivalry week. We're ready to go here at Pat's interference. It's championship week. We're going to review rivalry week. Preview Championship Week. Uh, This is Pat's Interference, a college football podcast, your favorite college football podcast. Uh, My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm joined by my great co-host, dear, dear friend, uh, and ex-classmate, Patrick Brickman. Oh, hit me with the ex-classmate making me sad. Making me sad on this Thursday, November 29th. The regular season is over. We're getting ready for Uh, Championship Week, buddy. I think this is going to be the first episode we've recorded this year where when we get done recording, it is not tomorrow for me. Yeah, we're si- it's, it is 525 where I'm sitting, which is maybe the earliest we've ever recorded this podcast. Probably. I, it, I think it, so. I'm serious. It might be the earliest we've ever... It's still dark outside, but I can't remember a time we've ever done this in the morning. No. Or like uh, around yeah, I'd lunch. say this is probably the earliest, bud. Well, I'm sure you're happy for that. I'm off today, and you probably are, got off work a little while ago. Yeah, a little, little early today. Snuck out a little early. Wanted, wanted to go get some Christmas shopping out of the way. You know how it is. I'm going to tell your boss that you were uh, shopping, on, that you were shopping on the clock. I, I, do, I do hard work when I'm there, bud. Hashtag hard work. I mean, look, that's all I do. All right. Man, that really rides out. Yeah, it does. It like does. A couple times I thought it was going to end. It didn't. I don't okay. think you have to wait for that one to be over. That's not a wait for that one to be over kind of one. You know what I mean? Let's 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 talk last week, okay. shall we? Let's let's mosey on back to before we were fat with Thanksgiving food. Uh, actually, a little bit after, if we're being honest. Let's let's go to a little time called Thursday night. Do you remember Thursday nights? Uh, one or week one. ago today. Yeah. A week ago today, actually, right around this time, the Egg Bowl, buddy. Took the, off the Thanksgiving off classic. Months. It's the, it's just a Thanksgiving tradition and a rent a revenge game for Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, and you get you get a little turkey, you get a little stuffing or dressing, as some people call it. Uh, I I don't actually have a preference. I call it both. And then you just then you hit up ESPN for dessert. And you're and you're ready. You're ready for the. I'm egg thinking bowl. eggnog. I'm thinking uh, hard boiled eggs. I don't know what else. There are uh, eggs well, can... Ole Miss got their eggs scrambled. Devil uh, eggs past Thursday, my friend. Uh, it was it was bad. Jordan Tayamu left the game early because he's bad at football. Uh, eight for seventeen for eighty-seven yards and an interception. No touchdowns. No touchdowns for Ole Miss in this game. Thirty-five three. Thirty-five three was your score. Nick Fitzgerald did go off though. He was the team's leading passer and rusher. Shocker, I know. Uh, hundred eleven yards through the air and uh, hundred seventeen on the ground. Three total touchdowns. Uh, that's, that's not a bad day at the office. Does that's he a, have, does he have any shot office. Nick Fitzgerald at, um, kind of an NFL impact? No, no. Maybe it's like an up back for like a year or two. Great See, scout team guy. Nick Fitzgerald will be. Yeah. 
I don't think so either, and I didn't feel that way about Dak Prescott, but I had to ask because his successor is a starter in the NFL. He's okay. He's middling quarterback currently this year, but I don't know. I've always liked Nick Fitzgerald, and I, I have to I have to talk about him a little bit since that's his final regular Go season game. I've always been a fan sure. of him. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's because Patrick's in his name. Is it? Oh yeah, it is. Wait, is it? I don't know. You tell me. It's not. Oh gosh, it's not. It's Fitzgerald. Yeah, I was about. To, I was like, do you know his <laughs> no, middle name? It's his middle name. Wow, that's bad. That's staying uh, on the podcast. I'm not even going to edit that out. Let's no, it's fine. We're just thinking about Minka. Mine's always on Minka. Future, future Miami Dolphin Hall of Famer, Minka or Kirkpatrick, or Drake Kirkpatrick. That's right. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, this game got a little wild uh, towards the end. Had a had a nice little egg bowl brawl. Uh, on a play that ended up not counting, a uh, deep ball from uh, Ole Miss's backup, whose name escapes me right now. Um, I mean, hauled it, right? Great catch. Comes down with it. It seemed like a complete pass. It was not. Uh, and uh, then there was a lot of fighting. A lot of hands were thrown, as the kids would say. Uh, and, you know... Didn't uh, didn't go too well for either side of it. A bunch of players thrown out of the game. A uh, bunch of guys really unhappy. The quarterback uh, Matt Coral, which apparently is his name. For the he Ole Miss was uh, Rebels. he's Matt Corral. He was he's Corral, an interesting character. Me. Yes, he um he is. He was a he was a four or five star type dude a couple years ago. He was going to go to Florida. He was going to go to USC. Everybody kind of stopped recruiting him because. He, a he's not that good, and B he's that's that's who he is. He's a hothead. Yeah, he he did not get tossed out of the game. I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you watched it. He uh, he ran up and punched a defensive back in the face and didn't get tossed out of the game. He should have been tossed. He was one of the people I was like he he ought to be out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so other than that, not really much to mention from the Egg Bowl except the uh, the Ole Miss Rebel season is over. God willing, because it's bad, buddy. They're bad at football. Okay. I, I just I, I don't see a I don't see a redemption point. I don't see a point when they get back to a good spot. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, there obviously there's only so much that Ole Miss can do with with the sanctions and the self-imposed sanctions and everything that's been going on and losing uh, a quality head coach like Hugh yep. Freeze de- deservedly so, but Right. Now, it this is who Ole Miss is, though. This is what Ole Miss is. They are they are a bottom of the barrel SEC West team. That's what they're born to be. That's yeah, what they're supposed recruiting, to be. Uh, if you look at the recruiting rankings, not going that great for Ole Miss right Everybody now. that's pretended otherwise, you know, because they had a couple good seasons and beat Alabama and wanted to act like they're, you know, a, a, a team that that makes a lot of noise in that in that league. They're they're wrong. This is what Ole Miss is. Maybe not this bad, but it's bad. You know, it's bad. Long, long ago are the days that Chad Kelly and Bo Wallace beat Alabama. All right, let's move on to Friday night or Friday afternoon. Let's start with the afternoon. We had Texas squeaking by Kansas by seven uh, brick. Should Texas be any more worried shook up about the Big 12 championship because of that game? Nah, this is if I'm going to say this is who Ole Miss is. This is who Texas is, baby. They they do this. They do this all the time. Squeeze out these games and win the close ones, except three of them this year. Yeah. 
Usually, usually, yeah. Uh, I don't think they should be worried at all. I know Ellinger is batting, battling through injury. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to go great for them next week, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, a school that I usually uh, poke a lot of fun at um, and honestly don't really even acknowledge. I think this might be the first time all year I've acknowledged them seriously. Uh, UCF with a heartbreaking injury. Mackenzie Milton, um, their quarterback out of Hawaii, who uh, is just, you know, was just lighting up the scoreboard, regardless of the defenses he was playing. I mean, he was really tossing the ball around quite well this year. Had just a nasty knee injury. Uh, very, very, very nasty. Uh, still hasn't had surgery on it because they wanted to repair the nerve damage that he's having um, and get the blood flowing back to his leg. Uh, he's going to keep the leg, which is good. That's good. Um that's but good. Uh, I, I don't know about his football career from here on out. It's it's not looking good. And that reconstructive surgery, when it's that gruesome of an injury, really tough to come back by. Uh, UCF does pull out the war on I-4, 38-10 uh, over South Florida on the road. Um, not really much else to talk about there. So we will move to the Apple Cup, my friend. Woo! I'm ready, baby. Are you ready for yes, this? Yes, I am. I know you've been sitting on this curveball all week long. And, buddy, can I just say you knocked it out of the park. Washington with the win, 28-15. Thank you very much for acknowledging that I called this correctly. I'm very proud of myself for this one. Um, and that was, I almost went three for three on upsets this week. I went two for three, so we'll talk about the other one in a I little think, while. Uh, I think since you went two for three, you need to hit us a little Kirk Cousins. Oh, boy. Uh, let me. You like that? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Two for three. I do like that. Two for three on rivalry week picking upsets is is pretty good. And honestly, That's I should have should have been three for three. No, I don't know. I didn't feel that Washington State was ready for this moment. You know, they're number eight. They had a, a an outside shot at the playoff. They had their yeah. arch rival. Um, sure. I feel the same way, the same exact way about my other. Uh, uh, upset, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But, you know, Washington State is not a program that's accustomed to being here. Gardner Minshew, as is, is great as he's been, had not played defenses of Washington's caliber. Um, did, did you did you watch this game? Did you see what happened in this game? I, know, I saw it highlights? snowing like crazy. Uh, it was a blizzard, and Mike Leach decided, let me tell you a stat. <laughs> let me tell you a stat. Uh, <laughs> Washington threw the ball 14 times. Uh, Browning went 11 for 14 for 207 yards. Uh, Gardner Minshew threw the ball 35 times for 150 yards and two picks. Ooh, that's awful numbers. Yeah, it's not great. I'm it, upset it, with Gardner Minshew. You know, he's been my Heisman pick all season long. Um, Gardner Minshew? Yeah, preseason, I called him as the Heisman. If you'll recall, you I can go you. back to the first episode of season I four. Uh, I genuinely think you misspelled his name two weeks ago. Uh, I, preview, our preview. No, I don't know. I've just rooted for. I've rooted for the stash all season. Nope. And the that stash was it. Is great. And that was exactly it. Washington State has, has had a good season, but I've seen a lot of times teams that do this kind of falter at this part of the year. And I just felt I would have been surprised if my you know pick was wrong because Washington's uh, been very up and down, putting it lightly. They've looked yeah, yeah. really, really good in some games, really bad in some games. But you know. Especially in the snow. Stat? In the snow, Miles Gaskin, that's the guy you want. Yeah, you know? that's that's what I was going to point to. Miles Gaskin carried the ball 27 times. Uh, Washington State ran the ball with their leading rusher, 11. Yeah, see, that's that's bad game planning, too. That's just... Can't do that in the snow. I, oh, I honestly think this game would have been a lot closer had Washington or had it not been a literal blizzard. Yeah, 
Probably. All, Washington is easily a better run team, and they have a better offensive line. And that's it. You know, nice try, good effort, Washington State. Go Cougs. You got game day this year. Hey, it's a listen, season that they'll honestly, never forget. This is a big year in Pullman. You're a 10-win team. If I would if I would have told Washington State fans they'd be a 10-win team at the beginning of the season, they would have been all over it. Right. But a 10-win team— I mean, team, they're also staring down the barrel of a potential New Year's Six Bowl, right? Right. But a 10-win a ten season with the loss to your arch rival doesn't have the same luster to it. Just ask Michigan. That's a hot take. Yeah. That is a hot take. I want to wait, though. That's a great transition. I don't want to waste it, but we're going to waste it. All right. Because we cool. got to finish up Friday before we go to Saturday. Yeah, we do. There was another big game that I hated. Huge game. I hate. Bad. Honestly, this is, I, I hate, you know, I'm usually not the guy to be like, oh, the referees. I think I can count on one hand through four years, hashtag senior year, of this podcast. I think I can count on one hand the amount of times that I was like, oh, the referees were terrible. They were so bad. But they were really bad this game. Really yeah. bad. Excessive blocking. Have you ever seen that in your life? Some people think it was the right call. Some people say that it was a bonehead play by Simmons, the wide receiver. Okay, here's what happened. Washington, sorry, not Washington. Uh, we moved on to the next game. West Virginia was down by four, and they had a long play. It, it, it's like 99 to, to 92 at this, 94 in the point of this game. I don't know. The, the, I don't remember what the score was. A lot to a lot. I think it was like 52-48, but go on. Right. They get a very long play that takes them down to the one in the deep into the fourth quarter where they certainly would have scored on the drive and gone up by at least three. And they get called for excessive blocking because uh, the wide receiver, TJ Simmons, blocked the guy a couple yards out of bounds. And fine, I don't know, uh, maybe a it's couple, illegal. A couple yards is a little bit generous. It probably was two, and that's it was a couple. brick. He carried him to the bench. Oh, was it? I see. I didn't see the but whole thing. But that's not my problem with like. So what? It's against if the rules. Gets, I mean, if I get a guy that. Gets tackled out of bounds. If he gets hit hard and they roll out of bounds, there's no flag. Uh, it's Why not even that I'm mad. It's guy? not even that I'm mad at the call because the call. If he was blocked to the bench, which then it, then it should have been called. But I just am mad that in a baby soft game like this where the yeah, teams are that's, just that's my other point is there was n like nine or ten other calls that i was like you've got to be kidding me that that physicality that the one physicality part of the game is is what is what um decided it uh yeah. zero props to either defense well zero no, props to west virginia's to defense i'll give i'll give half a prop to oklahoma's defense just because they did score twice but they weren't. They were mistakes by West Virginia. It wasn't like they were great defensive plays by Oklahoma. Yeah, but you can only capitalize on your on your uh, opponent's mistakes, and they did it two times. Whatever. Yeah, I hated I, this I mean, game. Will Greer threw for five hundred and thirty nine yards, four touchdowns. Kyler Murray had three hundred and sixty four yards, three touchdowns, an INT. Oh, and a really bad fumble. But everybody's sitting here talking about how Kyler Murray was the player of the game. Oh, and don't don't get don't get me started. I, I'm not the guy. I I promise you, I'm not the guy that just goes offense sucks, defense trumps all. That's all I ever want to see. Not really. I only really want to see defense. Like actually want to see defense if it's my team. You know, if it's my team, yes, I want to see great defense. But if I'm sitting around watching it kind of offhandedly, I would much rather watch good offenses. So don't get me wrong, but I hated this game. Yeah, I I low you I people who listen to this podcast don't have to hear this, but I you can imagine how I felt about this game. 
I was ill. I was ill. So, uh, but way to go, Oklahoma. You know, they've, they've gotten through. They've put themselves in prime position for a spot in the Final Four, and that's something we'll talk about yeah. here in a couple minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention about uh, that game at all before we move into Saturday? No, let's 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 go ahead and, and run. Saturday, on to Saturday had some doozies, my friend. You Saturday, called it yet again. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. That was good. Thank uh, you. Maybe next time we get that on the soundboard, so we don't have to listen to you sing it. No, I will not be adding that. You will have to listen to me sing it every time. Uh, hey, do you want to hit us with a little bit of uh, Kirk Cousins again? You like that? You like that? Sure. Because I, I do like that. I do like that you called Ohio State beating Michigan. I did. Maybe look felt, foolish. I, I felt. I st- I felt that they would beat them. I said it the week after they lost to uh, to Purdue. You did. <clears throat> I should go find my old tweet. I said, everybody is something along the lines of everybody's slaves to the moment. I guarantee you, in late November, we're going to be talking about Ohio State potentially getting in as a one-loss team. Yep. And, and you're here right. we are. And here we are. And here we are. You did it. Uh, Michigan, terrible, terrible day. Uh, despite scoring 39 points, kind of hard to win games when you give up 62. You can't being honest. no, no. And here I am getting mad at at at, at um at the other the Big Twelve game and and oh, Michigan the number one defense in the country here is giving up sixty two points. Yeah, to I mean, Dwayne Haskins, twenty for thirty one, three hundred ninety six yards, six touchdowns. I still like me some Dwayne Haskins though. I know that he's yeah. shown a couple flaws here, but he's this is his yeah. first year starting. I like Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I he's, think, yeah, he's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I don't put him in the top three or four quarterbacks in the nation right now. No, but when he comes back next year, I will. I will, yeah. Absolutely. Give him another year of development, sure. Absolutely he is. Plus, he's got a lot of Uh, horses to throw to. What do you think about my boy Shea Patterson, my friend? Uh, I mean, he he started off strong, and then then the whole team, the whole team imploded. Uh, You know, I've obviously backed off of, I mean, he was a man crush of mine two years ago. You remember that, but... Yeah, um, I do remember that. Uh, I also remember when he only scored three points against Alabama. And uh, I, I thought about that right around halftime in this game. To be right, fair, he did a, tear his ACL, and that's really kind of changed the way he plays. But um, here's sure, but he also wasn't that good before the ACL tear. Let's not harp too much on a freshman Shea Patterson. I want to harp too much <laughs> on on Michigan because, like I said about Washington State, Michigan has had. All right, I'm just going to go in. All right, here. I'm going to talk about everybody else except me and why I'm so great. Because all everyone else that I talk to, they just hear what other people say all week long. And they don't think for themselves. This is everybody except me. I'm putting myself on a pedestal here. Everybody just hears what everyone says and nobody thinks and everybody sees four versus ten. Oh, four. I can do math, sort of. Um... There's more to this game than just, okay, Michigan has not beaten Ohio State since, I've said this last week on the podcast, they haven't beaten them since, what, 2007, 8? It was 13, I think. No. Um, yeah, bud. No. 2013? Pretty sure. Uh, you look at, uh, let's, I'm, 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 I'm getting our, our research, uh, or research intern Skyler on it. Yeah, you 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 fire that up. Well, I'm, I'm I tell pretty sure you, we said 13 last week. Uh, did we? Yeah, it was around there. All right, you let me know as soon as you have that. But here's the thing. This Michigan team, 
was not ready for this Excuse moment. me, that's uh, 2011. 2011. A long time. Seven years. They haven't beaten them in seven, eight years. It's a long time, dude. And this Michigan yeah. team with this coach, and Ohio State did not have Urban Meyer in 2011 either. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. They weren't ready for it. They were not ready for this moment because they had to beat two opponents on Saturday. They had to beat Ohio State at Ohio State, and then they had to beat the fact that they haven't beaten Ohio State. Why? Let me ask you something. Why is it Jim Harbaugh can win the NFC, or was he NF? He was NFC. NFC, right? And he cannot win this rivalry because Jim he Harbaugh. Can't. Jim Harbaugh did not win any big games at Stanford. Um, he had a couple Hot upsets. Take. Hold on now. Hold on. No, he, he had a couple upsets. He had a couple upsets, but he never got the monkey. He's never gotten the monkey off his back in his career, unless you count his Super Bowl run. But the reason they made the Super Bowl was because they invented a not a gimmick offense, but a sort of a new offense that nobody knew how to defend yet, and he had the perfect quarterback to do it for half a season. He had half a season where they caught fire with Colin Kaepernick because they pretty much invented the current version of the read option, and nobody knew how to defend it. The next year, once everybody figured out Colin Kaepernick, he hasn't played since for other reasons, albeit, but nobody runs the, the read option like that anymore. Now it's RPO. It's not just straight-up read option anymore, but that's not my point. Michigan had a monkey on their back. They weren't able to get it off, and I didn't think they could, not with Shea Patterson, not with a run Run, you know, they don't have a strong run game. They had a strong defense. That doesn't matter. Ohio State's got five stars all over the field like Alabama. Alabama can shred a number one defense if you don't give them any if you don't give the offense any time. I just dropped my mic on accident. <laughs> I, I'm just letting you go yeah, until you tell me you're good. No, it's just that people listen, I don't make predictions. I make statements. And Michigan was not ready for that. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. A lot of people in Michigan's camp saying, fire Harbaugh. No, God, no. You can't, right? I I don't like him. I've made that very clear. I don't don't know if he's going to be able to get it done in Michigan. To be honest with you, I I genuinely don't know if he can get it done there. Uh, But these people that are like, we got to get rid of him. We got to fire him. I, I get it. You're upset. In the moment, you know. 24 hours after the game. And we got a Michigan fan, and he did text me something about Harbaugh, and I know he's thinking I'm talking about him. I'm not talking about you, buddy. Don't worry about it. It's all these Michigan fans on Twitter that are constantly on Harbaugh. And I'm constantly on Harbaugh. I don't think he's that great. I think he's pretty overrated. But if you tell, if you would have told a Michigan fan, like we just talked about with Washington State, that you are mm, 60 minutes of football away from the playoffs, they take that all day. Yeah, no, absolutely. You don't fire Harbaugh because you said he's overrated. I'll agree with that if somebody tries to tell me he's a top five coach. You're going to tell me Harbaugh's a top five coach? No, that's overrating him. If you say he's a top 15, I'll agree with you. Now, who are you going to get that's top 15? Because you're going to have to tear it all down. He's going to have to, you know, all these dudes that are there are going to be rendered almost meaningless because they're not going to fit. You don't tear it down when there's not another top 15 coach interested in your school. You yeah. just don't. Nope. You just don't. And, yeah, I mean, you again, like you said, you were one game away from going to the Final Four. Come uh, back well, next play year. play Northwestern, but, yeah, you know <clears throat> what I mean. You know, I know what you mean. They would have more than likely been in. Not that Northwestern sucks or anything, but 
no, you're not fire great. Harbaugh. He's 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 good enough to where you don't kick him to the now. They're paying him a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. He's paid like a top five coach. But yeah. that was your choice. Yeah. Uh, it, look, I you you can't fire him. Like I said, you you just can't. I I think I don't know if you can give him too much more time, but I think it's got to be at least a couple more years before you get fed up. But then, um, maybe. But I, I think it would feel like what LSU do, did then. It would just feel like what LSU did. And Michigan's better right now than LSU was when they got rid of Miles. I think what uh, what Harbaugh might run into is the uh, Mark Richt syndrome, where your ceiling is really good. Like you, you're re- you get to a point where you're really good. You're winning, you know, double digit number 10, 11 games every season, but that's your ceiling, and you can't break that ceiling. I think Harbaugh might be that guy. I think they might break it soon. I'm sitting here like like beating Michigan. Two things. I didn't articulate really what I what I wanted to say about Michigan very well earlier because I was you know patting myself on the back. Michigan wasn't ready for this. If they had played at Michigan, I would have picked Michigan. My thing was is that everybody just sees four versus ten and just automatically goes, oh, Ohio State struggled. It doesn't matter. It's a rivalry game, and they own this team. Urban Meyer owns Michigan. He does. He's their daddy. He's been their daddy for a while now. He just absolutely does. Now, if they played at Michigan and they were at home, I might have thought the other way because Ohio State has sucked on the road this year. But they've been all right at home. That's why I liked Ohio State. That, I'm just saying that those I've found some reasons why I picked them, and I'm glad I did. But kryptonite. Michigan's kryptonite has been Urban Meyer, and their kryptonite might not be there very much longer. That's why I think that they could possibly break through and make a playoff in the next couple of years if if Urban Meyer leaves. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about that then. Because you give now Urban Meyer another year to up. figure out a defense, and it's going to be ugly. It might. It, the, the, it's it's going to swing back, and Ohio State's going to be really good again. Uh, all right. Let's let's play the other card. Ohio State loses by fourteen this weekend to Northwestern. Where's Urban? Ooh. Um, I said last week that I thought that Ohio State might get rid of him. If they lost badly to Michigan, had this score been flipped, I think Urban Meyer would have been gone after this season. Now Urban Meyer is borderline playoff potential. You can't get rid of him, right? I honestly don't. Well, they're not getting rid of him. If they didn't get rid of him for earlier and they stood behind him the way they stood behind him, they're not getting rid of him, are they? Look, only time will tell. Only time will tell. That's all I want to talk about the game. but, But let me say, I don't remember what I said last week. I don't. I don't see him leaving. I just don't. I, I don't know. He's he's got it too good there, um, but then again, he's done it before. And if he does, then Michigan obviously becomes the powerhouse in that conference in my mind. Uh yeah, could be, could be. Uh, let's talk about the Iron Bowl a little bit, just a little. Alabama kind of struggled, not not really struggled in the first half. Gave up. What did we say about two, maybe three bad drives, right? They the gave up. Game. They gave up one bad drive and one bad drive. They did have a punt block that was that was that led to a touchdown. Yeah, um, that led to really really short field and a pretty easy touchdown. But is, uh, is letting the, a the team other score automatically giving up a bad drive, or did the team just put together a good drive? Uh, you, you give up a third and seventeen. That's not a good drive. I guess not. You, yeah, good point. I mean, at, like face it, that's what it is. Um, but second half completely woke up. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa finished with uh, 324 yards through the air. Uh, finished with all, I, I'd say, I want to say it was around 
40, 41 yards, maybe It was 30. 350 total yards com- even. So it was 26 yards rushing. Unless you take away okay, sacks. So I think he was sacked once. Uh, six touchdowns, right? Six total touchdowns? Yes. First player in Alabama history to be responsible for six touchdowns in a game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, getting a lot of respect in post game uh, from the Auburn players, too. That was something that was cool to see. Um, he's he's a heck of a player. Um, he's a guy that every single time I think he's struggling, he turns around and shuts me up. My, my dad texted me at halftime and said, Tua's got to wake up. He's got to play better and he's got to wake up. And then came out and was just dime after dime after dime. Even the passes that weren't caught were right on the money. Um, making good decisions. Alabama finished with 500 total yards. Um, there was only one turnover in this game, which had you told me that at the beginning of the game, I would have been a little shocked. But uh, Jared Stidham threw a pick. Um, and other than that, it was it was all Alabama's game after uh, halftime, but a little shaky there in the first half. Brick, what did you see? I know you were there. What did you see from the Iron Bowl on Saturday? I saw I saw domination. Even in the first half, Alabama was clearly the better team. I think Alabama spoiled everybody to start the year, where it, it now feels like if they're not scoring a touchdown on every drive, that it that it's a failure and that they're struggling. That's and that's such a weird thing because they scored 52 points in the Iron Bowl. That's the second most ever from them. If you told anybody preseason, hey, they're going to score 52 in the Iron Bowl. They're going to win it by 31 points. You would have been like, "Oh, damn, they dominated them." Yeah. But people keep saying, "Well, they struggled a little bit." Well, they scored 52 points in the Iron Bowl against their arch rival and won by 31 points. I mean, they spoiled everybody. And everybody yeah. jumps on there. They're struggling if they go to into halftime with only 17 points. Or tied to the Citadel. Or tied to the Citadel in a weird game. Sure, they were struggling against the Citadel. I'll give you that. But no, not really I mean, struggling. I, I'm, I'm just, you like... just not controlling the game, I'd say, more than struggling. Um, you know, the worst thing to happen to them in the first half was a punt block. Okay, whatever. Uh, no, here's the thing. If we're going to say they struggled and they're going to win by 31 and score 52, we keep saying it this year. Who who beats that? Who beats that team? Uh, honestly, I, I last week I would have said Michigan because their defense looked great throughout the season. Again, I say Shea Patterson's your guy. That's your guy that's, gonna, that's actually going to score enough to, their, their defense is great, but it's not going to stop Tua completely. Nobody will. Nobody will this year because it's not just Tua. You know, it's not just Tua. Tua's having, numerically, the greatest efficient passing season in the history of college football. Kyler Murray's number two. And that was a record broken last year by Baker Mayfield, who broke his own record. That's how good these guys have been. But yeah, they've, been, they've been great. Sorry, we got dog, you know. This is a live podcast. Yeah. You can call it what it is. No, but uh, here, here's my, my point being, it's not even just Tua. It's it's Tua, and, and then you got Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris, and then he's got— Josh Jacobs is going to be a great NFL player. He is. He's perfect. He is perfect for what I, players I think want he's, to he's just right He's just got that look to him right he, now. Um, you know, and— But, he, no, you got Ruggs and Judy and Smith and Waddle, and they can't cover them all. And a guy that's as uh, accurate oh, and efficient as Oh, and then running backs, you've got an entire NFL caliber stable. And then when you have, and then the teams with good corners, the teams that have good corners and trot them out there and good DBs like uh, LSU, then he just throws it to Irv Smith. I mean, it's insane the way he just picks them apart. He's finding his his fourth looks fifty yards downfield for touchdowns. And I'm not sitting here, you know, trying to be a homer. 
I, I'm telling you that this is how good they've been. I mean, this is just. Yeah, their shortest, mar- their smallest margin of victory this year was uh, still three touchdowns. And it was was it twenty four against Mississippi State or twenty one against um uh, twenty two against uh, Texas A and M twenty two against A and M that's the closest anyone's gotten and they dominated that game yeah they did they did they uh, shut it down so, in the yeah, fourth quarter then, like they did in the Iron Bowl look at the other side of the ball Jared Stidham who a lot of people had ranked above Tua Tagovailoa before the season started uh, through seventeen incompletions he was thirteen for thirty uh, one touchdown one pick his QBR you want to take a guess want to take a gander this is a fun game we play. 40? Uh, a little bit lower. Just split that in half. It's 21.2. That's not great, but... That's not good at all. Uh, Jatarvius Whitlow, <coughs> 19 carries for 61 yards, which is great if you're in the NFL. Uh, he's not. Uh, and Auburn's defense played decent. That's booby Whitlow to you. I loathe that. There's only one booby, and that's booby Miles. And if you want to win, you put booby in. We need that on the soundboard. I'll work on it. I just realized that. Uh, when are we ever going to use that in natural conversation? Do what? When are we ever going to use that natural conversation? I promise you I will use that if someone needs to come off the bench or if a quarterback needs to get benched. If you build it, they will find a way. Or yes, if you, if you put it, it on come. the soundboard, Pat's interference will find a way to put it in the podcast. Um, Auburn is Auburn's in, in a weird spot. And have you heard kind of what's... I've heard rumblings. Maybe? I've heard rumblings. Sort of I've maybe heard, unconfirmed. I've heard your station did a great job not uh, reporting something false, which is nice. Thank you. Who knows? It's a good change of pace for uh, local news in America today. Thank you. It's clear that Auburn doesn't want Malzahn anymore. They also don't want to pay him thirty-four million. They also definitely don't want to give him fifteen million in the next month and then give him the rest of the thirty-four million. So it's just weird. He may be taking a new deal with less buyout. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. It's clear that Auburn doesn't want Malzahn. It's clear that they want the idea of a Bob Stoops. I think they're. Uh, I think they're stuck, buddy. I, I, I seriously don't know of a way where Auburn gets out of this without Gus Malzahn, and they have enough money to go get another coach. Um, yeah, unless the whole unless the money comes from somewhere else. Bo- uh, yeah, boosters and board members, but that's that's your only option. Other than that, not happening. I mean, Auburn could probably start a GoFundMe that would get a pretty penny. Um, I think. I but think I feel the like bigger that's deal. A PR nightmare. I honestly think the bigger deal than the money is the fact that they stood behind him. It's the same people. These are This is a new AD and a president that very much stood behind him last year after he beat Alabama and Georgia and gave him the insane extension. Then yeah. as soon as he lost the next two games, they stood behind him even harder. And then not two weeks ago, they 100% guaranteed he'd be the coach. I think that's. I think it's more they don't want to admit that defeat and also admit to to be wrong about you know when they said that two weeks ago and after the loss to Tennessee and all that. I think that's a bigger deal here than it is the money. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's a mess, and we'll see uh, how that plays out and where that goes. But like I said, I think right now they're stuck. Uh, Clemson and South Carolina. We're in a little bit of a battle. Uh, hey, you know that Clemson defense that's really good, right? That Clemson defense that just can't be stopped. You know that Clemson defense that I'm talking about? You remember uh-huh. that one? Yeah, they gave up 510 yards to Jake Bentley. Have you heard Jake Bentley's name on this podcast this year? Not often. Maybe not, uh, si- maybe not since right before we thought all, they might friend. be able to beat Georgia. I, I, don't, I don't think you've heard that name at all. I haven't said it. So if, if, if it was brought up, it was you. Jake Bentley... 
Uh, 32 for 50 for 510 yards, five touchdowns, did throw a pick. Debo Samuel, uh, 10 receptions for 210 yards and three touchdowns. Um, that tells me one thing about Clemson's defense. Run game, very good at stopping the run. That front seven's very, very good. I've got a lot of question marks about Clemson's defensive backfield now. Uh, if they're struggling to cover what's very obviously the one big weapon as far as receivers are concerned uh, at South Carolina. And South Carolina's got great receivers across the board, don't get me wrong. But they've got one really good receiver. If you're letting that guy average 21 yards a catch and get three touchdowns, he goes over 200 yards. Makes me question a little bit about what you're doing and how you're uh, how you're going about your business, Clemson. Um, I, I know Trevor Lawrence has been playing out of his mind, but if you can't stop the other team from scoring, especially a team that's not traditionally great at scoring this season, you're going to have a bad time. You know what? I don't care. I don't care that they gave up. I do not care that they gave up 35. Not even in the – it doesn't bother me at all. I don't – the points don't bother me at all. That's not my point. They gave up 510 yards to a quarterback who does not pass the ball very well. And a huge chunk of those, it was a huge chunk of those, yes, it's a lot of yards. And I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not even calling you wrong. I'm just saying I don't. It Clemson does, they probably slept walk through this game as a defense. I'm just going to be honest with you. They don't care. That I don't, they're in. They're going to dismantle Pitt this week. And they're going to be in. Clemson is a team that that plays for the playoffs now. That's what they are. They are a team that plays for the play. They are they are LeBron James. They'll coast in games when they need to because they are a team that plays for the playoffs. And they're fine. They're they're going to the national championship. You can't convince me otherwise. It will be That's Clemson in the take. national title. I like it, but it's a hot take for sure. Is it? Uh, yeah, I I seriously think it is. Break if they're the number two team and they meet. If they meet Notre Dame, I 100% agree with you. 100%. I think Oklahoma is going to be ranked over Notre Dame and be the three seed and have to play Clemson. And, buddy, Clemson's defense gave up 510 yards to maybe the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the SEC. What do you think the second best quarterback in the nation is going to do to them? Yeah, maybe. But I'm still not that concerned. I think I think the second best quarterback in the nation will put up that many yards on Alabama and Michigan, and Ohio State, any team he plays. I'm just not that concerned. The numbers, I don't. I think they're LeBron James now. They're, they're LeBron James in the Eastern Conference. That's what they are. They're in the ACC, a.k.a. the Eastern Conference of the last couple of years. They know wow. they're fine. This is quite the analogy. I like this. Keep going. They, they know they're fine. They know they're fine. They can go play a C-minus game against South Carolina and be completely fine. And Davos, when he said it best, he was... Brother, we're we're twelve and zero. We're good, man. I, I asked you what I did want to ask you what you thought about those comments because a lot of people are up in arms about them. I kind of agree with the guy, dude. What else do you want? He's at Clemson. Clemson was a was a, okay. They were Clemson was was they're just another team before he got there. They're just another team that wore orange. That's what they were. Clemson was. I Miss- think I just heard your blood pressure skyrocket. Yes, Clemson was Mississippi State before he got there. There's just another team that had a Heisman like a billion years ago and won national championship in like the 80s or 70s. And who cared about them? Now they're in the playoffs every year. What more do you want? They're 12 and 0. I don't care that they gave up 35. They're LeBron James in the East. They don't. They're they're. 
who they're going to coast. They might give up 500 yards. You know, LeBron James on the Cavs, they might lose to the Nuggets every now and again. But they're yeah. going to the finals. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's my point. Uh, Travis Etienne is still a great running back. 28 carries for 150 yards. I think he should be in New York. That may be a hot take. I think he should be invited to New York. He's played his he's played his ass off, man. I, he I, really has. I wouldn't I wouldn't really complain has. if he was there. It's a quarterback's year. It's a year for quarterbacks, and that's obvious. But if he was without, if he was the non quarterback that went, I wouldn't care. Uh, without him, they only win that game by seven. By the way, hey, that's you know, that's I'm something sh- to bring I'm up. sure they've got uh, a good backup. To be honest, but. One last thing, uh, or a couple more things I don't want to spend too much time on, but USC did give Notre Dame fits for a little bit. Are you worried about Notre Dame, or are you kind of putting them in that Clemson boat where rivalry week is just something they look to pass? No, I am I am worried about Notre Dame because this is what they did against Vanderbilt. This is what they've done against other teams this year. Uh, they only beat Ball State by eight, I think. This is this is what they did against Ball State. They've done this. They, they, they're Listen not to the sentence walking. you just said. That's nope. what they did against Ball State. Who, oh, by the way, lost by 21 to Miami of Ohio this week. Notre Dame ain't Clemson. Notre, Notre Dame Dame's, ain't the LeBron James. I don't James think Notre Dame's one of the four best teams in the country. I really don't. I do not I either. Think, I think it is a shame that uh, if Alabama beats Georgia this weekend, Georgia is going to be left out of this playoff, and Notre Dame is going to be in this playoff. Because, buddy... Well, no. Beat Michigan by seven. Listen, you'll, you'll get eight. you'll get the you'll get the Notre Dame that played against Syracuse, and they're going to be all fine and dandy, and they'll get themselves up to play against uh, you know Stanford and other teams. But when they you know, and, and that that's the one solace I can give myself about Notre Dame that maybe they've had problem getting up for the games. They're still undefeated, right? Don't get me wrong. Undefeated is undefeated. Numbers yeah, don't sure. lie. Scoreboard, whatever you got to say. All that matters is how many numbers are in front of the second number. And a week ago, I was saying that they looked good. They right. trounced a Syracuse team that has played pretty well this season. But, man, in those games where they struggle, they struggle. Maybe it's sleepwalking, maybe it's not. But, no, I think I would I would lean to say more struggling. I would say that it's – yeah, because you can't just not respect. Because otherwise it's – they just didn't respect, I don't know, six of the teams on their schedule. Well, that's – you know that's not acceptable for a team that wants Ian, to win a national championship. Ian Book did throw for 352 yards. He's consistently done that this season. Notre Dame's going to get in the playoff. Notre uh, Dame's the first I, team in the playoff. They're also the first team out. Uh, I I do want to say something though. Yeah. Notre Dame is the one lock in that playoff right now. Yeah. No, I said they're the first team in, but they're also going to be the first team out. But I I mean, I don't. It just bothers me. It just bothers me that Georgia's not. I think if Georgia went to head to head with Notre Dame right now, Georgia will win by twenty. Maybe. I, I think I think it'd be a three score game. Yeah, so, you know, Georgia shouldn't have lost to LSU if they wanted that. You're a hundred. No, gotta handle your business right. I am. I am not saying this is a problem of the system. I'm saying right now, the four best teams in the country. I do not put Notre Dame in that category. I do. I don't at any point of this season. All right, let's move on. Uh, I do want to talk about the LSU-Texas A&M game, and oh, buddy, was it a big one. 74-72, seven-overtime game. So much fun, brother. A ton of fun. The worst hot take of the week were the people that came out and tried to talk about how this was bad for the sport. That's a bad game. Shut up. Uh, I don't think it's good for the sport now. How? 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 Actually, no, you know don't, what? And don't You're go right. into the refs. I don't want to hear about the refs. 
no, 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 no. The refs You're have right. been refs have been bad for football since they started I, playing I, football. I am I'm going to backtrack because well, let me can I explain myself first? And I think you'll agree with me once I explain myself. Sure. I think any game where there's hundred and forty six points is abysmal, right? Do you agree with me on that? No. Not if it not if it went seven overtimes. Okay. Sorry. This game ended with a legitimate scoreline, right? Yeah, and both teams are in like the 30s. That's fine. That's But that's my point. If it was 74-72 at the end of regulation, is that a good football game? No, 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 no. But that's not even it, that's but apples that's, and but that's oranges. My point. That's my point. Is If you just look at the score, this is a bad game, and that's what I just did. And that's what I'm saying. I'm explaining myself. Gotcha. Here. I understand. Uh, but a seven-overtime game, which, by the way, it was 17-7 at half. If you tell me... On Friday night, and I'm trying to decide what games I'm watching, you go, well, one of them is going to be two ranked teams that go seven overtimes. I'm watching that game. It's not bad for the sport. Get out of here. Man, people no. just try to sound smarter than they are. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah, people, every, I'm getting everybody's it. ready I'm, to have a hot take because everybody's got a Twitter handle. Yeah, exactly. I'm, gonna, I'm going to. going in on these people too, by the week. way. It's a game. We, we, we cannot cast stones, my friend. We throw a lot of hot takes that are very wrong. And this isn't one of those games. I know we do. This isn't one of those games where it was like both teams blundered their way to the end. I know the refs played a part in it. Refs have been bad for football since they started playing football. So don't tell yep. me the refs, right? Fine. The refs made a mistake here and there. You know what? They do it every game and every single week. We have three games probably where we go, oh, the refs. No, once we got to overtime, dude, these, these dudes were playing their hearts out. Both teams, Joe Burrow, who I've been hard on. Joe played, Burrow played a heck of a game. He, man. he played with so much. Kyler, uh, uh, Kellen Mond, who I've also Kellen Mond played a great game. Been uh, hard Trevion on Williams year. had a will of a game, racking up about two hundred yards. And then what's the name? The, the receiver number thirteen for A and M, balling uh, out. Oh, uh, Jordan, right? That's his last name. Something like that, balling out, man. Play great. Play it was great, fun. Bud. It was fun when we left. We left Jimmy Johns in Tuscaloosa after the Iron Bowl. We left to head back to Birmingham, which is about a forty-five, probably fifty-minute drive after. Kendrick uh, Rogers is his name, by the way. Kendrick Rogers, thank you. Sorry, I thought it was Kendrick Jordan for some reason. When we left, um, Tuscaloosa was it had just gone to the second overtime. When we got back, it was at six, so we had to finish watching the game at the station. Um, you got a coach getting Gatorade poured on him before the game's over. If that's not entertainment, which is what football is, if that's not entertainment, I don't know what is. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's that's good for the sport. Uh, you know what's bad for the sport, buddy? You're you're. Can we do a little sweetheart segment right quick? Can you just hit me with the music? I want to spend about thirty seconds on this. Yeah, uh, give me one second. I gotta put the jingle in there again. Because I I gotta be honest with you, man. This this sweetheart weekend. <laughs> A doozy for the sweethearts. Wake Forest gets bowl eligible after absolutely incinerating the Duke, the Duke Blue Devils in the Bull City, their home, my home. 59-7, and then ya boys almost beat NC State. Or, sorry, almost lost to North Carolina. I forgot your boys are bad in this scenario. Yeah, they decided they to be. They decided they didn't want to play football anymore this season. It, don't worry, it, it only took overtime to beat a 2 and. Two and eight North Carolina team. You're getting really hard on your sweetheart this week. I I think I've forgotten. I'm gonna. I think uh, after the the sweetheart bowl, all the wind went out. Of I your think sails. we. I think we've forgotten. I've forgotten. Not you. You certainly haven't. I've forgotten what the sweethearts are all about. And it's a team that you love, win or lose. 
I don't. That's I don't. It. I don't give a damn. NC State's dead to me. Damn. Wow. I I just I can't believe this. This is just not in the spirit of Pat's interference whatsoever. You don't. This this is my show. This is my show. I can decide. This what. is no, sir. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> You're, you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, I, I this is definitely our show. One, two. There was a brawl at the end of this game, and your boys caught a lot of hands. If you're gonna barely win the game, you best damn go win that brawl after the game. That's a, that's about the way the second half of their season's gone. They're an eight-win team, by the way. I know. How can you hate that? How can you hate that? NC yeah, like State. Come on, that's, that's a lot of heart. Want a tough one against a rival on the road, but yeah, you're just gonna crap all over them. Some fan you are. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I don't like it when my team sucks. Let's move on. Let's go to next week. Next week's going to be a doozy, my friend. We've got we've got games all day. Can't believe you're just going to skip right over Tulane beating Navy. Wow. I I will tell you for Black Friday, the the disrespect shown to the Green Wave there getting bowl eligible is just baffling. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me because you know what I bought for Black Friday, and I'm not kidding about this. A Tulane Green Wave shirt. Did you really? Yeah, I just started 100%. a new with that with that logo. You're gonna tell me I'm not buying a shirt. I love that logo. I just that started a new NCAA tough. 14 dynasty, and I'm starting out as Tulane's offensive coordinator. I I cannot tell you uh, the eye roll that I got when I told Jade Stoner yesterday that uh, her company's doing like these Christmas photos where you can bring your dogs. She's yeah. like, it'd be a lovely time. I'm not wild about Christmas photos, but I'll play along. Right? You could have heard her eyes roll when I told her, but I'm wearing my Tulane shirt. Yeah, you wear that thing I'm proud. I'm very serious about it. Nothing gets me in the Christmas spirit like seeing that logo. I'm glad you realized that Tulane is my early early leader for next year's sweetheart. Uh, I'm a little jealous of that. I'm not going to lie. Got to make sure they're playing on a Thursday, though. Remember, we want to... We want... I know. Because we're going to try to do the live. Uh, but yeah, no, congrats to Tulane getting bowl eligible. Um, after losing to my sweetheart this year and seeing that logo, I, I fell I fell in love. I'm All not right. going to lie. What's it, what, what was it called in Twilight when they uh, you get like imprinted, right? Imprinted, or whatever yes. it's called. Yeah, you get imprinted by uh, Werewolf. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Team Tulane. Nice, nice. All right, so now we do move to next week. Yeah. Um, the first game up, there's there's probably three, possibly four games that matter, yep. that, that, that yep. we give a damn about. So the first one, uh, obviously. Drake at Iowa State. Uh, now, the Cyclones really got to turn out. Um, we got we got another Red River rivalry, my friend. Yeah, the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game, a rematch between Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, Texas winning the first one 40-something of 40-something, and a great game. This one in... AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 at noon Eastern. 48-45 is that first game this year. I uh, thought it was three points, but I want, I didn't want to commit to it. Um, no, no. Fine. You're fine. Keep going. You're doing good. All right. Initial thoughts for me is that I think Oklahoma is going to dismantle Texas. Wow. I think they dismantle them. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the <laughs> game where Kyler I think Murray's they're so I think the defense is so tired of hearing about themselves, and they know they need to go out and make a statement and 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 go win this and and get to the playoff. And they know if they play well, they're probably in. They're going as, as, aside from Georgia winning. If Oklahoma wins, I think they're in. That uh, fair? Yeah, 
Is that yeah. fair enough to say? If I, they I win and say. Georgia I, loses, I think no matter what they're in. Yeah. No, you're right. Essentially what I'm asking, is there any way for Ohio State to impress this enough that they leapfrog Oklahoma? I remember a couple of years ago when Ohio State, when they won the national title and they won. I, I think. They, they I beat think they, Wisconsin like 48 nothing, and that was enough to leapfrog Baylor and TCU. I, I think that, uh, yeah, in the event that Ohio State doesn't just completely lay an egg in their championship game this weekend, I think you have to put them in if Texas beats Oklahoma and Alabama beats Georgia. Yeah, no, if, now, if Oklahoma loses and Georgia loses. If Oklahoma loses, loses and uh, Alabama loses, uh, then I think Ohio State is left out and I think Alabama's in the playoff. For the second year in a row. I think I think a lot of people think that Alabama's already a lock and I'm not on that train. We'll talk about that in a bit, but I'm, I'm really not on that train right now. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk. I guess we can talk about that in a bit. Um, no, I think Oklahoma does dismantle Texas. The line is a touchdown, and I think they win it by. I, I mean, I think they win it by like three touchdowns. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I just think that it took so much out of Texas to beat them the first time, and Oklahoma's just a stronger team, man. They're just better. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, this, Oklahoma might have the best offense ever, ever. They might have the best offense ever. Now, that's a terrible defense. I, whatever. I don't care in this game. Oklahoma wins it big, in my opinion. Can I can I say one factor that may play into this game? Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray the other day was asked uh, if he respects Sam Ellinger, and he responded with no comment. Did you see what Ellinger tweeted right after that? Uh, I did see it. I don't remember what it, it was. I was on the ground. He put, okay, cool, hook him. Oh, that's amazing. Come on. That's just college football at its finest. We we do a podcast for the greatest sport on earth. I'm going to yeah. go into that a little bit later on uh, when We've we go into sort like of our news and notes section. We, we're like, we're, how how far are we? We keep teasing new things, and we're already almost an hour in. I guess this might be this a This is a great one. episode. I love this episode so much. Thanks. I, I can. It. I still have plenty of time to ruin it. Uh, that's also true. Yeah. You, yep. I've done it before. Uh, let's go to the SEC championship before you do that, though. Okay. Let's talk about a little bit, a little bit of a rematch uh, in the in the in the, the same damn teams, a little the same bit, damn place, a little bit of a rematch, brother. This is the rematch. This, this is a big game. We said a preseason, a but it wasn't even a hot take. We, it wasn't a hot take when we said a preseason because everybody was saying it. This season yeah. was all. This season was a collision course to this game for both teams. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think everybody pretty much called this. Um, you know, revenge games are always tough uh, for to judge, to kind of look at and say, okay, who's going to win this one? Who's going to win that one? Uh, you remember um, 2009, Alabama, Florida. People really thought Florida were going to give it to Alabama. I, I think that was one of the few games where Alabama wasn't a favorite in Saban's tenure, um, or at least <laughs> since 2009, and Alabama beat them by 20-something. Yeah. Because it's that revenge game. You know, it, it really is. Um, and I think Alabama's going to pull this one out. I do. I I think it it could get ugly for Georgia if Tua gets going. But another huge part of me says that look, buddy, that Georgia rush attack is really good, and I don't. You've seen it live. Alabama's defense is great. Their run defense is not what it has been in the past. No, it's it's good enough though. 
it's good because the Georgia run offense isn't as good as last year. Nothing about Georgia this year is as good as it was last year. Everything about Alabama this year is better than it was last year, save for you know the run defense. The the yeah, you know the pass defense is equal. I'll say the pass defense is equal. The run defense is is marginally worse. Everything else is is off the charts better. Chemistry, yeah. um, uh, just the way the way the team's clicking, execution, passing, obviously, uh, rushing the ball has been better because the passing game's been better. Um, I mean, we're talking about a team that's going to be in the conversation for the best team ever assembled. Uh, certainly the best team in Nick Saban's tenure. Um, wow. Is that's that, high praise. I think offensively you're right. I don't, I don't know about defense. No, just as a team. As a team, nobody's touched, nobody's touched them. Nobody's touched them this year with a 10-foot pole. It's just they've had moments where they've been close. Citadel... Um, um, Mississippi State, sort of, but so like you're, you're. Let me, let me get this right. You're really high on Alabama in this game, from what it sounds like. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, how could I not be? That's the thing. I mean, we're everybody's. How looking. can you not be? I just gave you a reason, bud. And still, it does. I mean, it, the odds makers have the rematch of the national championship one versus four as a thirteen and a half point line. That's insane. I mean, it is insane. It is insane. Uh, the over-under for this game, 63-and-a-half. You've been arguing for Alabama a lot, but since I know you're a talented journalist, I'm going to ask you, tell me why Georgia could upset Alabama this weekend. Punch him in the mouth like they did last year? Just completely punch him in the mouth and hit Tua a couple times? It's possible. That's That 100%... I, I, I think this is the most possible loss Alabama suffers this season. Oh, well, I mean, Georgia, yeah. Georgia's a top-four team. This is, will I be mean, the best I mean, team they've played. Included. I mean, everybody in the playoffs, uh, you know, everybody they played already this season, I think this is the one team that could give Alabama a really tough time. They could. And that's that the the way to beat them. If, if Kirby, if you're listening, man, you got to hit two a couple. You have to hit him. He might complete the pass. He might die. you got to make him uncomfortable. You yeah. have to he 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 will win every game by twenty something points like he has this year if he doesn't truly he was uncomfortable against Mississippi State and they still won that game by twenty four points. Yeah, you have to make him you have to render him useless and nobody's Jake, done it in college football yet. They didn't last Jake year Fromm's, certainly. Jake Fromm State Farm has uh, I think I think it's safe to say uh, underachieved this season. No, right? I don't think it is. I mean, I, I think he's been remember, exactly what he is. There's a lot is. of people who had him above Tua this year. Well, those, those people are idiots. They're not idiots. Stop. They're not. <laughs> They're not we idiots. Saw, we saw a very small sample size from Tua last I'm year. I'm joking. And this They're is not... something. Hold on. You went off a couple weeks ago because you said everybody's, or a couple minutes ago, you said everybody's dumb but you, right? Yeah. I'm about to go off a little bit. Sure. Everybody is sitting here like, oh, we knew Tua was going to do this. We knew Tua was going to do that. Don't give me that. Don't give me that because he had such a small sample size last year and you guys sucked this year. Do you know how many times on Twitter I've seen, well, what did you expect? What did you think Alabama was going to do with a guy like Tua? Those same people two months ago, not, no, three, four months ago, were saying, oh, well, I don't really know if he's that good. He's definitely no Stidham. I think Jake Fromm's a better pocket passer. And now these people are sitting here like, oh, Jake Fromm doesn't even touch Tua. And they're you're, right, but you're, you're proving my point from earlier. Like, oh, I knew that the entire time. You're proving my point from earlier, that. because I said that everybody hears what they've heard all season and they're slaves to the moment. I'm not yeah. saying that. I, I said Tua was going to win the Heisman this year. No, 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 no. I know what I said was you did not say that. 
But I have seen this from multiple people this season. To, to bring it all back around, Jake Fromm, has not, he's been exactly what he is supposed to be. Right, he is Aaron. He is he is Aaron Murray reincarnated. You made that comparison before, and I really liked it. I think I think he's a Greg McElroy. I think he's an AJ McCarron. He's better than both of them, and well, he's as uh, AJ McCarron was pretty damn good his senior year. He's better than McCarron was until his senior year. Um, he's what Aaron Murray was. He is exactly what they need, but he's not spectacular. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with there's absolutely nothing wrong with being that quarterback. That quarterback wins titles in the right situation. Uh, I think he. I think Georgia could win a national title this year. They absolutely could. They could have won. They were they were th- 14 minutes from winning it last year. Absolutely, they were they were second and 26 from winning it last year. They were one blown assignment from winning it last year. Absolutely, they can. Jake Fromm's an outstanding quarterback, and. Other than Tua, probably the one in the SEC I'd want the most. But yeah, I'm just I'm arguing because you said he's underachieved. I don't think he has. I think he's been what Georgia wants him to be. Plus, he's I, 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 I talked about Tua being one and Kyler Murray being two as far as passing efficiency. There's a there's a pretty big gap, but Jake Fromm is number three on that list. Okay, I mean we'll see. I so score prediction for this game. Give it give it to me straight. No BS. Straight no chaser. Whiskey, neat, your score prediction. 42, 42, I won't even give them 40. I'll hold Alabama under 40 because I'm not expecting a fast start. I'll give them 35, 20, 20, 35, 20. Okay. And that will be their closest game this season. I'm going to go 31, I'll go 31, 23. I, I think it'll be... I, look, I don't. I don't see Alabama winning this by two touchdowns, and I could be wrong. And as an alum, I would love to be wrong. Uh, but I just fourteen points is a lot against a Georgia team that has been firing with a capital F on all cylinders lately. Sure, but who's been firing on all cylinders more this year? You're right. You're right. But it's revenge games. It's you know. I, like I said, I'm I'm calling an eight point win. I don't think it'll look like an eight point win. I think it'll look more like a fourteen point win. But I'm not giving them a fourteen point win. I can't do it. Sure. I can't do it. I uh, guess I just gave them. Let a 15, me ask you though. So. Let's 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 dosey do into our next topic. Uh, one right quick. Uh, I don't I don't think we need to talk about Clemson Pittsburgh. Although Pittsburgh, I, I'm putting I'm putting Clemson on upset watch this week. I'll go ahead and call it. Just watch. Not not warning. They're not. They're not going to lose. But just watch. If Pitt's up in the third quarter, don't be surprised. I'm just telling you right now. We do have to give credit where credit's due. Mentioning the other game that starts at eight o'clock that night, Northwestern and Ohio State. Brick, can you hit me with a little bit of a of a sweetheart sure. sound effect? Just do this for me. Jade Stoner's sweetheart is the only sweetheart in Pat's interference history. To make it to the conference championship game. That's pretty damn impressive. That's really impressive. And you know what? I think if we if we can for a minute, we should bring Jade Stoner on. Is she here? She's right here. <laughs> Jade, I, I wanna know. Back in the in the wee days, in the long, long ago, when you picked Northwestern, what was your logic behind it? Are you really gonna do this? Yeah. Today? No, I am. Well, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, 
and Julia Louis Dreyfus's son goes to Northwestern. Played basketball there. Yeah. Yep. I just mm-hmm. have a soft spot for him. Always have. That's a okay. better criteria than I had. Uh, yeah. No, that's 100% better than you or I have ever had. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and uh, go Cats, right? Oh, All that being said, Ohio State by 31. Let's move on to our playoff discussion. Uh, wow. You, I, just, I, you didn't even give me a, a chance to talk about either of those. Go, buddy, go ahead. If, you told me what you thought before the podcast. No, here's what I think. I don't think any of the games we're watching this week are actually any fun. Except Alabama Georgia. Maybe. That'll be the no, most entertaining. No, 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 no. The Big 12 and SEC championships are going to be fun, if anything, because they're going to be ridiculous games. Yeah, I mean, they're fun because they're rivalries and rematches, but like as far as like games coming down late into the fourth quarter. I don't, I don't know that any of them, none of them look to me like it's going to look like that. And I'll probably be wrong, but the, the first two we talked about, I, I, I would disagree with you. Best game. Be. Most important game of the week is going to be uh, my boys at UAB in their biggest game in their history against middle Tennessee on, state. Man, that's, the that's comeback blazer up, dude. I, I very rarely will try to show favoritism anymore. Cause that's not what this podcast is about anymore. Uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, you you go ahead and you win everything for the rest of time, please. They're gonna win. They're Wait. winning this conference, USA. It's the biggest game in their history, and I'll be there in Murfreesboro. They're going to. The, they've got to go to Murfreesboro. Can I tell you a story for the my, second my week in a row? Story, by the real way, real quick. Real quick, can I tell you this story? Sure. I've been to that stadium once. I went to high school in Thompson Station, Tennessee, at Independence High School. Uh. My freshman year, they overcame a 14-point deficit with five minutes left in the regional championship to beat our rival Franklin High School, uh, a last-minute field goal, or a last-second field goal, which is rare in high school, right? Yes. Uh, Then the next week, we all got on a bus for the state semifinals, traveled to Millington High School in Memphis, Tennessee. We're down by, I think, 21 or 24 at half came back and won that one in the last minute on a pick six okay huge huge made it to the state championship game the high school state playoffs are played at uh oh goodness the name of this hold on don't tell me it's gonna come to me floyd stadium in murfreesboro tennessee okay uh, we were really jazzed. We were like, there's no way. We played Smyrna High School, and I was like, there's no way we're going to lose this game. We're winning the state championship my freshman year. Let's go party. We get there, and their quarterback threw for about 440-something yards, ran for about 200, and had about six or seven touchdowns. His name? Can I tell you, Tyler can I tell you that guy's name? It was Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. It was Sonny freaking Gray. Sorry, that's just that's my own one memory with that stadium. So UAB better go wipe that memory from my mind because it was miserable. It my rained was and Tyler we lost Bray. by like forty. But uh, Sonny Gray is a little bit more um, successful than Tyler Bray was. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, go UAB, big time Blazer, big time Blazer. Uh, can we talk about the playoff picture now? The playoffs. Sure. I'm so glad you had that ready. Playoffs. So Don't talk about playoffs. You like that? Yeah, I got you, baby. All right, so. I'm gonna- I'm going to put you in a situation. I want you to. I want you to feed it back to me, sir. Sure. Uh, Alabama loses Saturday. 
who is your playoff? Okay. Every, assuming every other favorite of each game wins. Obviously, like you said, you said that you're not on board with Alabama. If they lose, they're automatically in. I said I'm not on the train yet. Right. Obviously, there's no way anybody can be 100% on the train because, yes, Alabama technically could lose 50 to nothing, and without a doubt, they would not be a playoff team. Without right. a doubt. I think as long as they keep it within – the number I keep saying this week is 13. If they keep it within 13, I think they're still in. Okay. As long as it's okay. not I, egregious, right? If it's single digits, absolutely, I still think they get in. If here's, here's, my, here's my qualifier with this. If you have – I think as it, it all comes down to Oklahoma and Texas, right? I think if Texas gives Oklahoma a close game or a tough game and Alabama plays Georgia close, which I don't think Alabama – I don't think Alabama is going to get blown out. I don't even think they're going to lose. If they do lose, I don't think it will be my, more than 10 eight to 10, I would say maybe even a touchdown. I think if Oklahoma, I mean, just raises the building, just sets the roof on fire, beats Texas 65, 21, right? Just crushes them. That is a situation and Alabama loses. That is a situation where I feel like the college football playoff committee has a really tough decision to make. Because then you've got a team that's beaten two top 15 teams in the past two weeks, one of them being their rival in a revenge game, avenging their only loss of the season in the state of Texas, okay? And then you've got a team who just lost to a team that you're definitely going to put in the playoff. We were ready to, so, do, that. We were ready to do that last week with Michigan. You, you were? You're yeah. absolutely right. I feel like this is a little different. A little different. Just because Michigan and Notre Dame are not meeting in a conference championship the week before the playoff is set. But I, I've i got to, I'm, I'm going to say, unless, like you said, unless Alabama just gets crushed, if Texas and Oklahoma is close, there's no way Alabama doesn't get into that playoff as the four seed. And I, I think you're. I think it's really tough to leave either. Because listen, Oklahoma's got a great resume too, right? Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, they, they, come on. Best they offense beat, in the history of the sport, possibly. Possibly, yeah. They've got uh, a Heisman finalist, top Heisman two Heisman finalist. finisher. Beat the team. Beat the only team they lost to when it counted. Yep. Uh, and overall, have looked pretty good. Have been able to step up in big moments. Then you've got Alabama, whose closest margin of victory has been 22 points this season, lost in a rematch of last year's national championship in Georgia. Uh, and let's say they lose. Let's say they lose by 14. They completely just drop the ball. Maybe Tua gets hurt. That'd be bad for the sport. Tua gets hurt. They don't get in because you can't. They they that will get taken into account. They're not going to put in an Alabama that just lost by fourteen. They're just going to be trotting out Jalen Hurts. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Um, the yeah, reason I think you're right. I don't. But... I say I said thirteen. So if they lose by fourteen, that's yes, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. Then they might yeah. be out. But they've won every game by 22 or more. I don't see them losing, turning around and losing by 14 on Saturday. They're too well coached and they're too good of a team. Again, I could be wrong. It could happen. Anything can happen. Miracle on ice happened. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I, I get you. 
I 100% get you. Um, and then the, the I, other I, reason I think it would work out in their favor, and this is going to sound bad and probably isn't fair, but it's because it always has and it always does. It yeah. just does. It all the yeah. every time Alabama needs some help, the Red Sea parts, or I shouldn't say Crimson Sea parts, and they're in. And uh, they just, you can just look at 2011 and 2012. They just walk right in. And exactly. last year, they and need a little year, help. There's, there's a nice little a nice little bar we go to in Durham called Motorco. Love it there. Great place. Motorco, proud sponsor of Pat's Interference. Every time we are in a specific part of the bar, I tell whoever is near me. Oh, that's where I was standing when Wisconsin beat Ohio State last year, and I knew Alabama was in the playoff. Yeah. Every single time. Uh, you're right. It, it does. And I think it should, because I think if you look at this, if you're if their goal is truly to put the four best teams in college football, I don't think you can leave Alabama out of that conversation, lest they get just struck down by Georgia. In which case they wouldn't deserve to be in because their last game of the conference title against their really their their most quality opponent they got obliterated, and I would agree with that. I think uh, the people that say they've already punched their ticket are the people that say that there's no way they get obliterated, and I am on board with that. But yeah. then again, no, I mean you you're right. You uh, can't say now no. Let me way ask you sports. the other the other big conversation. Let's say Ohio State uh, sets a record. Scores 70-something points against Northwestern. Sorry, Jade. And Oklahoma wins by one. Then Give it would me be, your arguments for both teams. It would be insanely similar to what happened in the f- first year of the playoff when, um, when Ohio State leapfrogged two Big 12 teams, but they also didn't play in a conference title that year because they didn't have one. But um, Ohio State... I don't remember the score, but they beat Wisconsin like 56 nothing or something insane like that. Just come up with a crazy yeah. blowout win and then multiply it. That's what they did. And then they leapfrogged. They were, they were six, and they jumped two to get to four. And then they won the national championship. And I'm pretty sure on the podcast that year I told you that was the right call. Did we have a podcast oh, I'm sorry, that year? We didn't year? do the podcast back then. But I did tell you that was the right call. I remember having that conversation with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they won the they won the title. They absolutely was the right call. Um, it would be similar to that, but the fact that, yeah, if they won by seventy, but we're we're talking if we if we go yeah, if Ohio State wins by seventy, we're not doing realistic scenarios. Ohio State ain't winning by seventy. No, right? Ohio no, State, you're right. Might so win you, this game you by think 20. right now? In the event that Alabama wins or loses, Ohio State cannot get in the playoff. Unless they win. I'm given the most I think they'll win by by 21. If I put them at what I think is the most that they can win by, they still need Georgia and Oklahoma to lose. They need Alabama to win. Yeah. Ohio State needs that. They're rooting for Alabama this week because they need Oklahoma and Georgia to lose. Because if they yeah. do, then they'll leapfrog both of them, and they'll be in, obviously. right? This is a six-team discussion, and two of them are almost certainly going to be in. One of them already is. So it's a bunch of teams vying for four. It's three teams trying to get number four pretty much every single year of the college football playoff to this point. I I just I, <coughs> I hate that oh, uh, Notre Dame is going to be in this playoff. Yeah. I, what because I would I, like to see, what I would like to see if Alabama loses – and 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 has to become one of those now four teams going for four. What I would like to see is them sending Notre Dame a message and going, join a conference. 
Yeah. But they won't. I mean, it's Notre Dame. They're the Golden Domers. They are 12-0, and 0, right? That worked out really well for them last time they did. There was that, so. 50 years where Notre Dame ran this sport. They're getting, they're in, they're in. I mean, it worked well for them last time in Miami, if you'll remember. Yeah. Well, Monte Teo made out that he had a girlfriend, and then they got slaughtered in the uh, this team. In the this team, as much as I'm not a fan of this year's Notre Dame, they're better than that 2012 team. Do you agree? I don't. I don't wow. agree. I think their defense is significantly worse. Wow, I didn't expect that. Uh, no, I mean it's. I'll call it what it, I think that's one of the best teams Alabama will ever put on the field. I think you look at the roster, bottom to top, that's one of Saban's best teams. See, I think that I think that Notre Dame team was doomed. They had Everett Golson as a starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about their that defense stopped everything in their path till they got to the buzzsaw that was the Crimson Tide that year. Yeah, but that was so again. I, here's here's my point, and this is all I'm going to say about it. And I, I know I've said this, and I sound like a broken record. I think you put Notre Dame against Ohio State. That's a good game, and I give Ohio State the edge. I think you put Notre Dame against Oklahoma. I don't think it's close. I think Oklahoma crushes them. For sure. But we both also Beats think that Oklahoma is a better team than Ohio State right now. I think you put Georgia against Notre Dame. I think Georgia beats the daylights out of them. Yes. So I just don't think – I don't know. If, if it's the body of work, if it's your top four teams, you really want to put in the top four teams, I'm sorry, but I don't think Notre Dame is. I think they're number five. That's too bad because they're in. I mean, they're I in. No, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I don't think UCF's number eight. I think they did. I think they should be number fourteen or fifteen. There's a good chance. New, New there's a good chance are be for awesome, your for way. your sanity. There's a good chance for your sanity that if Alabama um, is the team that doesn't make the playoff due to losing by fourteen or more, um, there's a very, very, very good chance that they get to oh, go sure. play in the. You didn't win the SEC championship game against uh, UCF, which you would hate. Um. Yeah, that'd be annoying. Not even sure you'd watch it. I'd be. I'd be pretty upset. All right. News and notes this week. I want to spend about two minutes on this, and then we can bounce. We can do our sound off and bounce. North Carolina hires Mac Brown, which a lot of people said, "Yeah, wait, right? Is that good?" Here's my hot takes on this. One, North Carolina saw Kansas put out a stat that said we have the only program in the nation that has a national championship coach at basketball and football. And North Carolina says, we will not be outdone by Kansas. Go get Mac Brown, who's been there before. He was there in the 90s. If you've not seen the return of the Mac spoof uh, that uh, was on Twitter yesterday, where they just redid the lyrics and made it Mac Brown lyrics, it's great. It's about a minute and a half. It's perfect. Then they went out today, and people people's original thought was, okay, they hired Mac Brown because they're going to go and try and get Cliff Kingsbury or Gene Chizik or both. Right, they thought they might get Kling- Kingsbury because they've got the money. I mean, Mac Brown took a pay cut to try and get some pretty good coordinators. That's that's what's going on here. And they thought they could get Kingsbury because they would say, "Hey, you're coaching waiting, buddy. Put in three or four years here, get your recruiting classes up, and then you're ready to go. You're our guy." That didn't happen. Kingsbury's on the way to USC. I think that's a great hire for USC, and I can't wait to watch Chip Kelly v. Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's going to be great. They went out today, and uh, they, they made a kerfuffle. Let's call it that. Let's call it that and just be try to be nice. Um, they went out and got an ex-Syracuse coach who coached with Mac Brown. He went 5-37. and 5-37 and 37 as a head coach against or in Syracuse. Uh, 
Greg Robinson is his name. Do you recognize that name at all? Uh, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. So he was with Mac Brown in 04 when Texas went 11 and one and uh, through 13 when Texas went eight and five. And uh, buddy, it's it's not good. It's not good. I, I, I don't understand what, else, what North what Carolina I, is doing. They've got else? to go get a hell of an offensive coordinator, but the best one in the country just left. How? how? But that, that's my question, is how. They were never going to get Clingsbury. Anybody that said that, that originated on Twitter. That was never going to happen. Clingsbury? I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying they were. Well, I don't know, buddy. I've seen, I, I saw two school, other schools that he was linked to, and that's USC Larry and Alabama Fedora? Floxley leaves. Clingsbury the buyout was, for Larry Fedora was $12 million. And they said, sure, no problem. Mac Brown comes and takes a pay cut. You know they're willing to spend money. You know they're willing to go get a coach that they can have for a long time so they can worry about basketball instead. Clingsbury doesn't want to go to North Carolina. He wants to be a head coach again. He's going to a program where he's going to have and some actual guys. And that's what I'm saying. Guys. They put him as coach in waiting, and he's ready to go. Now, in a conference that is, by the way, in a conference in a division that's waited to be dominated. So you go, you go and you get... terrible. You, you go and you get an offensive coordinator that just failed as a head coach and make him head coach in waiting. That sounds worse. Uh, I mean, if he's, if he's able to recruit his own recruiting classes at a, play, at a hotbed of recruiting where there's, it's not really being dominated by anybody right now because your biggest competition would be Duke and Wake Forest. No, it's Clemson, for sure. And NC State, I guess. And No, it's Clemson. They dominate North Carolina recruiting. They're, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying you're getting every five-star that walks in the door. I'm saying you need one or two per recruiting class. Because North Carolina's goal is not to win 10, 11 games a season. They need to win eight or nine to have a good year. They're my, fine with it. My point is Clingsbury was never going to North Carolina. Right? He's, he's a Lane Kiffin. I, I would say the odds He's a Lane Kiffin. He gets fired as a head coach. Is, he's going to a top-tier program. I never said he was going to go there. I said that was their plan, was to go get him. You can't look at this past week and tell me I'm wrong. Mac Brown took a pay cut. They had an offer on the table, and they reduced that offer so he could go get a good coordinator. There were rumors swirling everywhere. You know when there's smoke, there's fire, at least to some scale. So they may have called him, and he immediately hung up the phone, but they wanted to go get him. Of course. Of course. But the fact that they That's didn't awesome. get him and they quickly jumped to Greg Robinson tells me they never really Their thought they were going to defensive coordinator who is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, no, they've completely sailed ship. A uh, great video on Twitter today of Devin White riding a horse uh, in Death Valley. It's incredible. If you haven't seen it, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And uh, I, I really, really do think uh, that we have the greatest sport on earth to do a podcast on. That solidified that for me today. Anything else of notes, news? Um, kind of hilarious that Jeff Brom's not going to Louisville. and uh, Not hilarious that someone prank called or I guess – for real called his old high school and threatened a yeah. shooting people are dumb people are people idiots are dumb. people will people always be, be idiots dumb, dumb. especially when it comes to sports and especially when it comes to letdowns in sports um and uh that's about it I, go ahead and do your sound off friend my sound off is uh the use of the word adversity and urban meyer and that name urban meyer have been used too much far too much this week I don't want to hear that. Excuse me. I don't want to hear that shit anymore. I'm tired of it. He helped cover up domestic abuse. 
He got a slap on the a gentle slap on the wrist uh, that I, I think did a lot more damage to Ohio State than people realize. Uh, but as far as as bad as it could have been, it's not even close. To say that he has fought through adversity and look at what he's done this season, and this is a reason Ohio State should be in the playoff, is asinine to me. Step outside of your stupid college football box, look at what that man did at the beginning of the season, and stop treating him like a damn hero. He's a piece of garbage, and I can't stand him. I rarely say that on the podcast as a person. I'll say he's a crap coach, or he's, he's not very good, or that guy can't throw the ball. I won't insult someone's character on the podcast. I am doing that right now. Urban Meyer is a shit person, and I cannot stand the way that people are saying that he's gone through adversity this season. Yeah. Give me a break. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Give me, you know, give the, me a break. So I'm done. That's my sound off. You know, the fact that he overcame adversity to win this Michigan game by so much Good and, and God. means so much to the school. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a joke for anybody to say that. Um, What's yours? On a, on a, on a, on a lighter term here my sound off has to do with i guess it's mostly the nfl but it is just sort of in general in sports in general now we all know you can't celebrate a ton in college football you can but you can't do too much and that's fine because these are schools playing each other okay so within it's either this year or last year the nfl started allowing certain types of celebrations again and i love it i love it I love that the players can dance again and do fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people out there. I'll read you a tweet. I'll read you a tweet right now. I won't tell you who it's by, but it says, ready for the NFL to go back to banning senseless, look at me, look at us celebrations. Slows down the game, and I believe fans are tired of it all. I know I am. I guess technically now you could probably type that in word for word and find out who tweeted it, but I saw it this week, and... It just it baffles me that that it's it, it goes back. I've done this sound off before. People take this stuff too seriously sometimes, right? The NFL, the NFL. At the end of the day, this is all a game. Excuse me. At the end of the day, this is all a game, right? And 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 when the and when the Chicago Bears got the interception in the end zone to to essentially win the game, and and about twelve players came together and did a Motown thing. It was hilarious. That was, it was entertaining. It was awesome. Right, and these aren't celebrate. Players aren't taunting. It, they're dancing when they score a touchdown. They're having fun, and it's 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 great. It, it's good for the sport. I'm I'm just telling. It's 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 a game. People it, it, enjoy life more fun. than that. Enjoy yeah. life a little bit more than that. I think you and I were very hard on the uh, celebration calls back in the days when you couldn't celebrate as long as you wanted to. Too. There I, is a I, line. I, I just don't, I don't see the I don't see the point in getting on people like that. Like there there is a line that can be crossed. Yes. Right? Taunting? Obviously a line there. You don't taunt. But just dancing with your teammates is great. Yeah. And, and, and I just think right. people should enjoy life a little bit more than that. And baseball's the worst sport with it. Holy cow. Yeah. I got, God forbid you bat flip. You're getting one of your heads. Oh my goodness. I hate that more than anything because, yeah, you know what? A player just jacked a 420-foot home run. He just did something that 0.0001% of the Earth's population can do. Yeah, he should, he, should, he should have a little bit of fun. It's a game. Enjoy life a little bit more than that. Don't get bent out of shape because a player pretended to sing into a microphone when he scored a touchdown to win it. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. These are 20-something-year-old players. 
that 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 we love um, watching, and then they get excited about what they do. Whatever. It's just my Let point is enjoy life more than that. Do not be the guy that complains that. That, that that Eddie Jackson gets a pick six to to seal the game, and he leads a, a, a celebration. They all sprint to the sidelines. Uh, there were three players of the week this week in the NFL that were Alabama alums. By the way, yeah, that's that has that you gotta love that, right? That's a stat. That's a stat. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. That'll do it for this. Uh, I think quite lengthy episode, but I think it needed to be. We're about ninety minutes here. I th- I think that's about right <coughs> for for. Post rivalry week, pre championship week, plus a lot of news and notes. I feel like that's okay. Sorry about all the coughing, by the way. I feel like I'm kind of coming down with something here. That's fine. You're fine. You'll you'll troop through it. You're a hockey player. It's fine. Uh, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at pi underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P A T apostrophe S Interference. You can go to our website, patsinterference.com. You can also send us an email at patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've really, really loved doing this. It's our hashtag senior year. Uh, the, su- the sweethearts, both sweethearts are going bowling. We're going to have a great episode next week when we dissect this. Uh, we, we get a little bit more insight as far as the, who the playoffs going to be, New Year's Six Bowls, things like that. It's going to be a great episode. Can't wait to do it. Looking forward to the Heisman. Looking forward to the Army-Navy game. A lot of college football left people. Yes, we are in the waning months, but we need to enjoy those months because then we've got eight painful months where we don't get college football news and notes, and it's terrible. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, And for your number one podcast in Tahiti, thanks for listening.